Yo, 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 it's another episode of the ATL Watering Hole. You hear Luana in the background laughing at me. Because this I, yo, yo, yo. Listen here. EJ in the building. And Luana here and as well. ATL Watering Hole episode three. Yes. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, you know, our segment is a vibe. And we're going to be talking about... um music in this it's a vibe because we kind of feel like we need to shout out um this talented young lady who continues to blow our minds and really she gets on my nerves because i just really want to understand how this this girl is able to pull off abs after having two two babies okay miss tatiana taylor um sis really did she pronounce it Tatiana? you know what tatiana tatiana okay tatiana we'll go with that forgive us but when this is this is definitely we're fans of the music. For sure. Fans she, of your daughter, Junie, who is oh, just the cutest thing ever. Yes. Did you see her? Um, she did, I think it was either a TikTok or it might have been an Instagram uh, live. Maybe? No, Well, it was. she was going live and Junie comes in and gives her mommy a kiss, right? Oh. And then she said, hey, that's my baby mama. And I was just like, are you serious right now? Junie is a vibe. They're a whole vibe. They're a whole vibe. Um, Iman. Yes, they're yes. a whole vibe. They're a I very cute that. family. She's um, just gorgeous. Shout out Tatiana. You are doing but it, girl. We're talking about her because Tatiana has been in the game since she was 16 years old. I think she was actually on the first episode of MTV's uh Sweet 16 show. Um, okay. and I think that was before her music really got out there, but um, Tatiana just recently um, said in, I don't know whether it was on her Instagram or in the media that she was quitting um, the music industry as far as doing albums and things of that nature because she felt unappreciated. And right. it just sucks that, you know, this talented young lady who um, she can dance, she can sing. She fine. Um, she's fine. I mean, again, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm strictly dickly. However, if, you know, if that floated my boat, that would be the one. Listen here, yeah, that's I, it. Ta- Tatiana. I know y'all. You and your husband got a little open thing going. You know, <laughs> that's, the, that's the rumor. That's what I heard. I'm not. You know. Yeah. So you. Know, okay. Well, I mean, I'm I kind of I understand. I understand where she's coming from because until you told me about her being in the game since 16, I had no idea. So that whole sentiment about maybe being undermarketed or just not, you know. I don't know. It just seems the like right publicity. That's that's yeah. true. Because I, I, I can't I can't speak to a lot of her music yeah, until as of late, like recently. Yeah. So that's unfortunate because I definitely think she has the talent. Um and then everything is very nicely put together. Yes. So absolutely. it looks like it should sell. So yeah. I'm not understanding how it's a misfire here. Maybe she should perhaps go off on her own and be independent. Maybe. Because a lot of times people Maybe. say, you know, who can market you like you can market you. True. It's true. kind of And like she that. has fans. Yeah. She has a fan she base. Does. I'm a fan. Um, I, I, I don't think she received any Grammy nominations off this last album that just came out. I believe it came out this year. Um, and there might have been, there definitely was an album before this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I just, it just sucks that someone of her talent, of her caliber, um, is feeling underappreciated to where she feels like she needs to step, take a step back from the music. Um, 
Yeah. So, and if you're listening, girl, we love you. Don't take a step back. Take a step to the side. Maybe, right. you know, do your own thing. You know, Sell focus your on your stuff. family for a little while. And again, like you said, maybe it might be a good idea for her. Well, I don't know what her contract says. Do what the contract says before <laughs> yeah. you go trying to walk away from it or anything. But yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, she has fans that support her. And I really think that there are a lot of talented artists that don't get the appreciation from the Grammys. But at the end of the day, the fans love you right. and will support you no right. matter what. And so, who cares about the Grammys? I mean, right. we get it. That's the Grammys are a mess. Really, that's your peers really ref, like reflecting on It's so many think. factors that go into the Grammys. I couldn't right. even... It's a lot right. of factors that go into the Grammys. Uh, again, Justin Bieber said... Um, he was upset that he got nominated in the pop category instead of the R&B. He claims that this last album was R&B. So uh, what's the difference <laughs> there? Apparently there is a difference between the being I mean, in the pop category there, and the R&B, but is, Justin but is not is R&B. I, I, I don't no. care how, what, how many hip hop beats or whatever you're trying to, samples. Wait a minute. Isn't Justin, wasn't he introduced under Usher though? Right. Didn't Usher find him? Yes. Oh, I don't that's know. Why he feels like I don't know. Even still, even, but he has a certain fan base, and they ain't all black. And they certainly were not all black in the beginning. First of all, the B and R and B ain't black. Don't stand for black. But the point rhythm is, how many, and blues. how many people are known for the rhythm and blues, though? That's how many what? Not black. Um. That doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. To, no, he's trying to be well, the clearly, white R&B artist. The point of the matter is he got nominated <laughs> in the pop and he, he was high. feeling some type of way about it. Okay, well, did he But the, the baby is steadily getting nominations. And I mean, again, no offense to Justin Bieber. I, I, I don't like ever listen to this episode. I got that yummy, whatever. yummy. That's my song. Is That's it? Just, yes. Mm. I like Justin. Hey, Justin. You know what? I'm starting to feel like I have just not been paying attention lately. <laughs> like, I... I have a Pandora uh, radio, right? And the one I listen to on repeat without change is the internet. Have you heard of the internet? The no. group, the internet? Absolutely. You never heard of Sid? No, ma'am. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm gonna have, after I get off of here, <laughs> I'm going to have to play a couple of her songs for her because I just feel like that's ridiculous. But again, at the same time, clearly I, there's some stuff that I don't know. And you I'm a whole entertainment attorney out here. Exactly. And you clearly. know that Justin Bieber yummy? I'm done. I definitely That's don't know you. on the top. I definitely do not know I'm Yami. pretty sure if we look up Billboard's top 50, it was on there. And, what, and that was an R&B cut to you? I'm not saying it was an R&B cut. I'm saying it was Justin Bieber's song. That's all I got. And mm. it was a good song. Okay. I would consider it hip-hop, though, honestly. So I see why that's hmm. why they nominated him there. Um, well, the, this not, this particular album that he's talking about i think that was submitted for the grammys is called changes mm -hmm. so um we ain't playing no music on this podcast because like i said i'm an entertainment attorney i know how this works and the royalties and licenses y'all ain't coming after me don't so what us. we gonna do is listen to the album off the radio off the record Correct. and come back off and just and give a review on what we think it sounds <laughs> like so yeah but what i know of justin bieber i would probably say hip-hop hip-hop but hip-hop has its own category right from r&b i mean yeah they're separate genres but that's why i was asking like what is the distinction what makes it hip-hop as opposed to r&b well hip-hop i'm thinking is leaning more towards rap right you no. not you are not gonna be a justin bieber in a hip-hop category they will riot your hip-hop is going to be for your drakes for your little wayne's for your the babies really for your little yachty which i ain't ugh. Well, anywho hey, little yachty, hey, Brock. 
mm. we, we miss you. The point Come is, back. you're not going to have a Justin Bieber in a hip hop well, category. Okay, so, the so other then you part, see I why Justin be was mad. Because you agree with him then to a certain extent. Because if he didn't fit the hip hop category, which is what he said. Right. You're saying what? Where would he fall? Again, I haven't listened to it, so I don't know. I need you to know listen Justin to Bieber though. Yes, but the, his earlier music was definitely pop for sure. Now, pop. as he's gotten okay. older, got it. As he's gotten older, his music is has probably evolved over time because he has more um, control over his career. See, I forgot about that. So there's pop, hip hop, and right. then R and B. You're right. saying he's not hip hop or R and B. He's pop. Right. Well, for for the most part, what his music has been from the beginning when he started. Now, he's probably feels like he's evolved to where he's doing other things. He doesn't want to do pop anymore because you know how when you start off as a child singer or teen thrive, right. you're doing everything you can to pop. get away from yeah. that earlier persona if you feel like it didn't match who you were. Right. Uh, Britney Miley Spears Cyrus. did it. Definitely Myron Cyrus. Chris Brown for sure. And he made a um, great transition. Shout out to Chris Brown. Chris I love you, baby. His issues, but at the end of the day, the music speaks for itself. And Chris Breezy made that transition seamlessly. Like, he did, but he... It. He made it seem seamlessly in the music, yes. I'm I'm focusing on the personal stuff. That besides the personal stuff, the music, yes. Correct. There was definitely a seamless transition for him. But I think some artists, struggle. particularly sure. if you're a child rapper, tend to struggle. Bow Wow, uh, Little Romeo, correct. Um, Lil Fizz, who probably nobody would ever <laughs> took serious as a rapper. Sorry, Fizz, but that's just what Ooh, it is. Was that, that was, was that shade? I'm sorry. I, it got me, like I'm two sorry. degree cold. I'm sorry. I even felt it myself. Let me, let me, I say. I didn't she, mean that. <laughs> she she meant it, but she saw it. <laughs> anyway, um, all I Justin Bieber, whether it be pop, hip hop, R and B, rap, it is still an honor to be nominated for a Grammy. So right. shout out! And to he you. did say that. He said yeah. he was still grateful for yeah. being nominated. And the interesting and part is, it. you actually submit. For category. So that's that says he submitted for pop and he submitted for R and B. He just got picked for pop. Okay, so now what are we talking about, Justin? Cause <laughs> now I'm confused. You mad that you got nominated in a category that you submitted for? Baby, let it go. <laughs> you shouldn't have talked. And I think every album that he's put out for the most part, he has been nominated. And there are some artists who have not been nominated at all. Shout out to Tiana. And we started. And again, we're, we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna make it my business to support the artists that I rock for, you know, because now more than ever, um, we're not going to concerts, you know. So the, the levels of revenue that our music artists have been making are have definitely changed. So support an artist today, check out some new music, you know, um, that you're not used to checking out. You can go to Spotify, they have like the different playlists that you can check through. For sure. You know, it's a vibe. Miss Ta Taylor is a vibe. She is she a whole is. vibe. We She's love you vibe, so. and continue to be encouraged. Continue. And if you decide to, you know, reroute, we're here for the journey. Okay. So on our last episode, we talked about flirting. Um, and uh, at some point, we're going to read comments um, from you guys about um, your, your experiences with flirting and everything like that. But we're going to yeah. go into our next topic. We're going to be talking about sex. Is that what we're talking about? We, yeah, we're talking I, about sex. <laughs> I was joking, but hey, we're here. I mean, uh, we, let's we, talk we, about we, sex, baby. baby. Let's talk about you and me. Okay, stop. Uh, hard yeah, stop. And listen here. Copyright. Don't I don't. Mm -mm. I love news. If we're saying it though. Yes. Oh. Okay. Uh. Uh. Don't play with me. 
I'll give you a lesson on copyright later. But um, <laughs> um, as we were saying, we're going to be talking about sex because I feel like this is a conversation that we as adults are constantly having with our children. But in our daily practices, we're not always practicing what we preach. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not. That brings a Barry White song to mind, but Ooh. I won't sing it. What's up? Well, I, can you practice. tell me? What's you, oh, all right. right. Practice what you <laughs> preach. Practice what you preach. Again, full disclosure, I have a 17-year-old son. My child is 6'3", and he's gorgeous. Oh. I'm, I'm tooting my own heart. Baby. Oh. My baby is gorgeous. And so he plays basketball. And when I tell you these little girls are on my son, like white the on rice. Love like flies on shit. Oh, my God. Okay, honey, the bears, boo boo. This is deep. I'm just saying. (laughs) The point of the matter is, again, I'm being real frank here and having a transparent conversation with you because at the end of the day, I want you guys to to know that we're coming from authenticity. I was a young mother. I had my son at 20 years old, and uh, I was out in the streets, and the streets slowed slowed your girl down. Okay. Yeah. So, um. When you have someone watching you, your every move, you're you're responsible for their life and everything. You want to make sure that you prepare the next generation so they don't make the same mistakes that you do, right? Mm-hmm. So I notice, um, and I don't know if this is just in the black community, but we tend to not talk about the things that are important in terms of kids. Kids are having sex, mm-hmm. and so because kids are having sex. And you you can hit them over the head with the Bible and everything. But at the end of the day, we want them to be responsible if they're going to be making adult decisions, right? If you're going to make a decision, let it be an informed. Let it be an informed decision. So we talk about Planned Parenthood. We talked about the condoms. We talk about taking responsibility for yourself. Because at the end of the day, the only person you can trust when it comes to um, your uh, reproductive health and your sexual health and all those different things is yourself. That's it. That's the only person you can trust. People can tell you all day oh well i you know i had a test and i'm hiv negative or i, I don't have had any stds Honey, but check like, the car check the car and by the, and by car facts, i mean you went to the doctor with them and the doctor told you her or himself that this person is without disease okay, okay. i didn't mean all that i but... didn't mean all that because people can fake paperwork okay i don't trust it wow people out here faking that, that listen here paperwork. listen here again if you've gone to college there are things that certain things can or condoms cannot prevent. HPV is one of them. Okay. We're being frank. We're being raw here because I just feel like, again, we're not having these conversations. And then the way that we move, sex make people dumb. Sex makes people dumb. People so I had a dumb. Okay. Interestingly enough, I had a conversation with um, one of my friends from college and he was telling me how sex is like a drug. Like basically, you know, you start having sex with someone and it can completely control your mind, your thought process and the way you make decisions. Before you were getting up early for work, you were getting dressed, you were hitting it, you were on it. Then you now you just want to lay up, you know, um, before you were all about like safe sex and what does the paperwork say and let's go get these checks. And then now... You lost in the song. It's like the Usher songs. song, you know, when he's like, damn, I guess I'll just sleep here. Right. Off the Confessions album. like, And Usher is a, one of those people, he really speaks, his songs always reflect where he is in life. So now he has a song, Bad Habits. I applaud. Listen here, I have heard that song on repeat. Like, Usher, was you talking to me? I love, love, I'm just fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. 
I don't know if I feel like that though. I don't know if that's been my experience that like sex has just been this drug that I can't get off. I won't say it's a drug. I will say though that again, here in my, my 37 years of age, I for myself, I recognize that if the sex is good, being frank, <clears throat> you're going to stay in situations that might not necessarily be good for you because you're basing it Ooh. off of uh you know oh my being lost in the sauce and that's why i prefer to be sober-minded when it comes to listen dating like look here we're not doing that (laughs) unless we are clear about what it is that we're doing here in this relationship and that's that's what we were kind of talking about on the last episode about how dating has changed so much because we leave too many things to assumption right Mm -hmm. and so you could be dating someone and you're mixing uh, things that should be reserved for a relationship, not necessarily talking about marriage, but things that should be reserved for a relationship in dating. And then the lines get blurred because people aren't communicating. And so assumptions are being made, whether it's the guy, whether it's the woman, that um, this is more than what it is. So it, it just it makes sense for everybody to be on the same page. We as lawyers, we don't do assumptions. We need to see it black and white. Ain't no gray. I I need that. Yeah, I need it black and white. And apparently, like, I have come to the harsh realization that the way I operate is not the way the general public operates. People are out here getting it in and they're not asking these questions. Not asking questions, not wearing condoms. Yeah, I mean, and when you ask these questions, people tell a lie because they're uncomfortable telling the truth. Right. It's the same thing with mental health. People need the help, but instead of saying that, they feel like some type of shame to to admit that or to say that out loud. So people feel shame to say that they're out here having unprotected sex, even though that's what they're doing. That you know that's what they're doing. And so hey, I listen. I don't have a heaven or a hell to put anyone in and I don't have any judgments to pass because I got sweep around my own front porch. All I can do is what I can do. Um, at the end of the day, I don't really know. Like, at what point do you make that decision to say, you know, I'm okay with not having protected sex. And this is an informed adult decision that I'm okay with making. And what goes into that decision making for you? Um, whew, Lord have mercy. Again. <laughs> When it comes to relationships, um, man, it's it's just it's a level of trust that you're giving to somebody when you aren't using protection, right? Because even um, when you go to Planned Parenthood or any of these different clinics, they'll tell you, even if you're married, to still wear condoms. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm seeing that more and more. It's not even just reserved for those people who oh, are in committed relationships. Nobody shoot their shot harder than a married person. Listen here. Now, I, I said so what I said. she said what she said. So it's out in the atmosphere at this point. But that just tells you that at the end of the day, again, the only person you can truly trust in relationships or sex is is yourself. You you're the only person because you can only account for what you've been doing. You can't account for what people are doing when they weren't in your presence. Right. You know? So what if someone makes you feel comfortable in what they're telling you? Cuz it's the same thing in a relationship, no? You don't know for a fact that someone is not cheating on you. You right. only know what they make you feel like. Right. They make you feel like they're monogamous. They make right. you feel like they're about you. So if someone makes you feel like they're not fucking around 
have an STD or whatever, and they make you feel like it's a safe place to have unprotected sex with them, what's the problem? Again, you you have to keep the lines of communication open. Um, only you can tell when there's something different, I guess. You know, because here I just feel like I'm being way too authentic. <laughs> but I, 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 again, <laughs> we're gonna we're coming from a place of genuineness, and so I'm going to be completely open here that I am in a committed relationship. I am not married. Um, and it, as far as this relationship is concerned, we have both gone and been tested. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And we're clear there because God's grace is sufficient, right? Yes, and his mercy and reigns his forever. His mercy reigns forever. Yes, it does. Um, but when I got into this relationship from a standpoint of um, reproductive health, I was I had an IUD, mm-hmm. right? So if you're not familiar with an IUD, it is a T-shaped uh, contraption that is inserted into the uterus, um, and it pre- prevents pregnancy from anywhere from five to 10 years. And you don't have to worry about taking birth control and your girl can't be taking the birth control. I just can't do it. Um, you have to take that at a certain time every day. Yeah, and I'm you not. can't miss it. Um, it has to be in your system for at least a month before it's really in your system. You miss one day, you start it all over. So I just, I don't need that kind of pressure. Okay. It's a lot of pressure. So it's a lot of pressure. So, um, all that to say, um, that was the birth control plan at the time, right? So now that, you know, I'm getting older, you know, I'm a young 37, but I'm still 37. Um, my uh, significant other is older and has, we both have children, so we're not um, in the, the parenthood department. So actively, actively to do, that, to, to do right. that. So at this point we made the decision that it was in our best interest for him to go ahead and get a vasectomy. That's, that's what we we've, we've done so far. However, again, most doctors will tell you to still wear condoms because there's a whole nother part of it. There's a whole nother part of, of it outside baby. of that. Yeah. But at the same time, again, even though vasectomies have come a long way, there is still a small, small chance that you could still get pregnant. I have a little brother that is 19 and my father had had a vasectomy. He was not planning to have any more children. Now that was probably back in either the late nineties to early two thousands. My little brother was born in 2002. My dad was not planning to have another child. And, uh, but I have a little brother out here. So my, um, my brother, my dad was married at the time. Um, but it was not in his plan. So all, all that to say is that you can have the best laid plans and life will laugh at you. And the question is, can you go back? Right. So like once you started, I guess the unprotected route, can you then double back and say like, all right, let's reroute this ship and now make it protected from here on out because babies aren't the only concern. Maybe now I'm concerned just overall. I want to protect from babies. I want to protect from STDs. I want to protect from HIV, whatever. Um, and does that and speak then, to trust? Does, does that speak to trust or is someone automatically offended? Right. You know, and I don't know that we as a society make it a safe place to have that conversation because right. it might not be that I don't trust you. Maybe how I feel about my body and my health has changed. Right. And you are totally within your right to make that. If anyone makes you feel uncomfortable about a decision you made for your body, then you might need to rethink that relationship. 
And I think it's easier said than done because I think that happens in a lot of cases. I think that we don't feel like it's a safe place to address that. We don't feel like we want the conversation that comes along with that because it's a tough conversation to have. Yes. Um, and I do think yeah. um, to some degree, uh, not to some degree, it is what it is. A lot of the reproductive stuff is put on women to take care of. So, you know, it seems like it's an afterthought for men to participate in this. They automatically, oh, okay, she's on birth control, cool. Yeah, but birth control fails. So what are you doing in your part? There has been talk about male birth control, but men complain so bad about the side effects that we deal with with no problem that it, it was taken off the market, from my mm -hmm. understanding. Or again, people who are irresponsible, like Future, who continues to have sex unprotected with all of these different women and gets mad when they decide to have these children. Why won't you get a vasectomy? Future has all of the money in the world <laughs> to, if he still wanted to have children or doesn't want to have children, have a vasectomy the moment you meet the one you finally going to settle down with when you're 80 years old. I don't know. Are um, they reversible? They are reversible, yes. It, now, mind you, they, it is more expensive once you reverse it. I think it's anywhere in the range between $6,000 to $20,000. But he got it. So uh, versus him paying $3,200 or more a month in child support Correct. for children, he don't want. Correct. So I just feel like, to me, we really need to have we a conversation. We know he don't want them now. Well, Future talks out of both sides of his out of his both sides of his mouth because in one breath he talks about building legacy, and then he gets mad at women for approaching him, knowing full well that they're not they're going to be having sex with him without condoms and keeping babies. He would rather you just have an abortion, and he would be fine with that. Or in the alternative, again, you are doing all the work in terms of the reproduction. You wear, you are on birth control. You, I, he, he, to me, he strikes me as a dude who will refuse to wear condoms, but you're going to be responsible for the birth control or whatever. Hmm. So they want it both ways. Right. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on us to make sure our bodies are intact to prevent those things from happening. And then it's also a lot of pressure on us to still have babies. So oh, those are the very things that was that brings us to our next topic. Which, yeah, I mean, and I think they go hand in hand because it's like in one breath, you want me to make sure that I prevent this baby from coming. And then in the next breath, I got to have this baby to be considered a woman. Right. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. or at least a woman that can right. offer something to right. society. Like, so we're both women who have you know, acquire a level of education and um, I guess prestige, whatever you want to call it. But at the, the, at the end of the day, a lot of times it feels like that womanhood is tied to being a mother. And if you're not a mother by a certain age, or if you don't become a mother at all, that somehow you're not fully a woman. Right. And again, you have two opposite ends of the spectrum here. EJ is a mother. Um, she has a child who is almost an adult now. So she's lived that life, been that mother, you know, and nurtured this child for a very long time. And then you have me. I'm not a mother at all. All I have is my fur baby, um, which is, you know, not the same. And it's two different journeys. I yeah. mean, I, I feel like I was telling EJ earlier that I think it has a lot to do with the environment that you grow up in and the conversations that you have on a regular basis. Because for me, I am an only child. My mother had me when she was 40 years old and she was not trying to have me. I mean, she thought she was good and done. Right. And then boop, 
here I am. Right. Um, so she's never, I say all that to say, she's never been the type of parent that pushed the child narrative. She's mm-hmm. never been like, oh, you need to get me some grandchildren. Right. Or you're not a woman until you have a child. You're not a woman until you have a wife, a husband. Like she never pushed the Cinderella story on me. Ever. Right. Um, so I don't feel any pressure. <laughs> Like no pressure. I feel none whatsoever. And I I often think of um Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. Because that's her. You know, she mm-hmm. she she made several comments about how she doesn't think the caliber of individual or the caliber of woman that she is should be heavily dependent upon whether or not she married or whether or not she had children. She was like, right. I am a whole adult. Right. That has and a you whole really, you really should be that. considered a whole adult without a child because how many of us get so wrapped up in being a parent that you have no identity outside of it? You know, yeah. for a long time, I felt like that, you know, well, not so much that I felt like that, but I do think my son kind of woke up something in me when he said to me, Hey mom, I think you need to like do this and do that. Cause I was spending a lot of time with my son um, to the point where maybe he thought I was smothering him a little bit. You know, my identity was wrapped in being this this child's mother and making sure that he was straight. Um, uh, my son's father died when he was seven years old. So um, I do I did feel some type of pressure to make sure that he had a good life um, despite not having his dad around because it is so important for our young men to have their fathers. And so that was very tough um, trying to raise him without his dad. Yeah. And can we just hone in here on the fact that everything ain't for everybody? No, it's not. I wholeheartedly believe that. That's just what it is. And so don't let someone else rewrite the narrative of your life or make force you to fit into this box. This like, oh, being a wife and being a mother is for everyone. Right. I, don't, I, I just don't agree with that. All right. So we're going to come right back. It's like we said, you know how anger goes. You get 30 minutes and we're going to come back and start the next recording talking about motherhood, sex, and making good decisions. See you guys soon. And we are back for the second half of ATL Watering Hole. And we're just going to continue where we were left off yeah. on the uh, talking about motherhood, sex, and just all kinds of different things that are on our minds at the moment hi guys did yeah. you miss us i think you did <laughs> i think you want to participate I, i'm you you somewhere drinking a drink like yes girl i i feel that <laughs> or dude's like man i ain't trying to care all that i want yeah but we want for everybody to listen we want for everybody to listen yes we do yeah um so, so motherhood and not necessarily being the path for everybody I agree. I agree. Um, being a woman of 29 years of age, um, I think that it is a conversation that I'm being forced to have now. And I don't even know, you know, where I end, <laughs> where I fall on the spectrum, I guess I'll say, because it's one thing to have the conversation with your homegirls or your girlfriends. And then it's another conversation that you have, you know, with a significant other or, or even your mom. To. Even your mom. Yeah. And as I said previously, um, you know, my mom never pushed the narrative of me having a child or anything like that. And I applaud and appreciate her so much for that because I never felt that pressure despite the, you know, outside pressures from society. I never felt that way. Like, mm. If I have a child, cool. If I don't, also cool. Either way, I think that I 
as myself have something great to offer to this world right before i leave here so right um yeah it's just interesting because i never felt that way and so now you know 29 everyone's counting your eggs for you mm. <laughs> and i really don't know how to you know respond to people like that because i kind of have what was instilled in me my my point of view is if i have children cool if i don't it's also cool and you know i think now that you mentioned about you know the pressures or just lack of pressure and thank god for that from your mom it makes me think of my mother my mom was a virgin when she marries my father right um so i get particularly when you're when you're raised in the church it's always this narrative of you get married you have kids you get the white picket fence the house and all that jazz but you can do everything right and still you know fall into a situation or your your life doesn't turn does not turn out the way you planned it. So mm -hmm. my parents divorced when I was 12 years old. Um their relationship was definitely challenging. Um my father is the product of a single parent. Um my mother's parents um were together when she was born, but they my grandparents got together after my grandmother got pregnant with my aunt right so it wasn't necessarily a situation back then you know what it was if you got pregnant then you got married. you got married you know it wasn't for love and so you know you had a lot of situations especially back then when there was no birth control you know kind of what's that right. you know where right. your grandparents had whole other families on the other side of town you know mm -hmm. and women did not have the same options that they have now to where you know they had more options again to go if, if they were in an unhealthy relationship they had a way out right you know and so i don't know what my grandma my great grandmother's thoughts were um discovering that her husband in fact did have other children outside of their marriage um mm -hmm. and whether she even had any thoughts on it or whether she just you know she did this is what she was going to stay yeah. in this relationship and so again now that women again have options we're we're highly educated we're some of the most educated more than men um in some uh to some capacity um we're delaying having children we're delaying marriage we're focusing on our careers we're focusing on ourselves and so um but does society make you feel like less of a woman for doing that? For doing that, absolutely. And it's it's again, it's a catch twenty two because especially here in the United States, um, we you push education, you push marriage, but at the same time, the resources aren't aren't necessarily provided to you to have it all. It's kind of like you have to choose to mm -hmm. some degree, mm -hmm. um, depending upon um, what your career path is. When you have a child, let's just be clear, you're going to have to take some time off to recover from having a child, getting through pregnancy. Um, and that requires money, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and it, I think I struggle with that. I struggle with that um, in dating because when I'm dating someone, of course, I'm, I'm trying to live in the moment and experience romance with this person and connect with this person and get to know them. But I'm also in the back of my mind thinking, hey, could you take care of me if I weren't in a position to take care of me? And it's not right. because I feel like I'm going to become some overnight deadbeat, but it's because, like you said, if I carry your child or your children, I'm not in a position to necessarily provide for myself in the way or in the manner that I'm accustomed to providing right. for myself. So right. are you able to take on that burden? Right. 
and the harsh reality here in Atlanta, I can't speak for everybody's um, <laughs> dating experience. All I can speak for, again, is my little boat. Um, that's a challenge. Yeah, it's it's very tough to find um, people who can fit that role or people right. who you even feel comfortable with giving the opportunity to fill that. Role. It's very hard. Like right. you know, right. you're walking up to me and telling me you can provide for me and a and a third party an unborn seed and you're not even providing fully for yourself mm. you know and i get it life is hard it is a um, challenge it's just for sure. it's, it's just really yeah. challenging dating as a woman because if you bring it up right it's a tough conversation and it's oh she's all about money or right. she's trying to you know figure out count my dollars right. and again as we've talked about when it comes to these kinds of situations there's a level of trust that each party is giving up Right. Mm -hmm. um, definitely men are giving up some trust from the beginning. Again, if you are making decisions where you put um, your reproductive responsibilities in someone else's hands to make that decision of to go forward with a pregnancy or to end a pregnancy. Or again, if you are a woman and a man is telling you, hey, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you have this child. And then all of a sudden that person is not around. Mm -hmm. to provide right. the things that they said that we're going right. to provide. So again, it's a level of trust that you have to put in people. And that's tough when people let you down, you oh, know, yeah. it, oh, it, yeah. it's very traumatizing. And then at that point, you don't have any choice, but to make the best of the situation, you know? Right. And I yeah. think in, to some degree, it kind of, it can sour you going forward or, um, you know, it can change the dynamics of relationships because how many people again are together simply because of children? and not because they really want Agreed. to be together, you know? Agreed, agreed. I, and then, you know, I had someone bring this up to me um, and it was basically like, if you had to choose between dating someone or attaching yourself to someone who is a good spouse, meaning you all get along, you know, they'll be a provider, you know, they'll be a good father, et cetera, et cetera, like on paper, versus someone who sets your soul on fire, right? Like mm -hmm. a Jody. Mm-hmm. Which one are you going to go with? Because at the end of the day, if you have a list of things that you want to experience out of life, like for a lot of women, it's, I just want to be a mother right. or I just want to be a wife. If you have these things, you know, this checklist that you want to accomplish and then you meet someone who, you know, on paper can accomplish, help you accomplish that checklist, but they don't necessarily set your soul on fire. Mm. What do you choose? Mm. You know, do you go with the party that's going to help you accomplish those goals on paper or do you go with the, the riskier option that might not get you there right or that will get you there but it's going to be a real rough ride a mm. really rough ride and i think that a lot of people um go into it wholeheartedly off of emotion and just with their heart is that most of us women or is that men too I think it's both. I think it's a little bit of both. People mm. fall in love with being in love and then they have a baby and it's like, hey, you're not going to help me get this formula. And I'm like, he never helps you even get so much as $5 on the gas tank, honey. It's been in the cards. That mm. was never his lane. That was never her lane. She was never a, a you know, person that kept a clean house. You knew that beforehand. You thought what a baby was going to change that. And I'm not, mm. I'm not saying that. You know, children don't change people because granted, I don't have any. And I've heard several stories about how, you know, a child will grow you up. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I, I think, again, you have to have those important conversations with yourself because the only 
ship that you are in control of is your own. Is your own. You can only change is you. So don't get into a lifetime contract or commitment with someone on the hope that they're going to change. Right. I, I you have to be completely okay with where they are there um, because uh, if you're not, it's going to be a rude awakening. And yeah. <laughs> I, again, that is, again, unfortunately, the situation that I experienced in my um prior relationship with my son's father. Again, this is about being transparent. Just because I'm a lawyer does not mean that I'm not a human being who is flawed. Okay. Let's be clear about that. We are all works so, in progress. Absolutely. Correct. So um yeah, this feels a little heavy. Real heavy. Real so heavy. we're talking about sex. I think sex includes a whole bunch of things. We're talking about the heavy and like not so fun parts of sex. We could talk about the great parts of sex. I mean, okay, yeah, let's let's liven this up because I don't I want y'all to be on here depressed or anything. We do you know? want you on here making informed decisions, right? And we do want you on here doing the work, right? Because at yeah. the end of the day, we want to promote healthy relationships. We want to promote right. happiness um, in relationships because um, that is the ultimate goal. I don't want to leave this life unhappy. That no, it's too short. It's too short. It's entirely too very, short. Very short. To be in any situation unhappy. Okay, so let's talk about best sexual encounter you've whoa, had. Whoa. Oh, whoa. I, <laughs> oh EJ all of a sudden doesn't want to share. I, I mean, we can keep these names anonymous. Mm, okay. Yeah, we can we could just give a whole encounter. Okay, 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 okay. I can okay. do this. I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. Again, like I said, just because I'm an attorney does not mean do I'm not a human is. being. I gotta make it clear because I feel like sometimes they think attorneys don't turn up. I, I do. I don't think anyone thinks that. Yes, they do. First of all, attorneys have the highest alcoholism rate on the list of professions, probably like top five. Probably so drugs. They're, too. they're very aware that we, we can buy the cocaine. So they're very aware <laughs> that we turn up. I don't think anybody. Thinks otherwise. Well, carry on. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. So, EJ's favorite sex capade. I don't know if I have a favorite sex capade. Okay. Most memorable sex moment? No. What? How? I don't know how I want to put this. this. My God. (laughs) I am really thinking about it. It shouldn't even be that hard. Well, it shouldn't even be that hard. You got that many good ones, or is that far back in the? Middle I just want. I'm like, trying to. I'm. About? I'm just trying to just debate which one I want to share. Oh, she got so many. She doesn't know which one she Listen, wants to I, share. No, no. I just feel you go. How about you go? And I think about because <laughs> I'm thinking like, okay, do I want to think about the first time I had my real first orgasm? That came to me by mistake, it feels like. Absolutely not. If it was a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. Okay. So when I say mistake, it was that like, oh, okay. This is happening. This is happening in terms of that's what an (laughs) orgasm is. Okay. Versus all before I was just having sex. It was nice, but it wasn't that. So I feel like the person I was with at that time knew what they were doing. Right. Okay. 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 So that's how I feel about that. But again, you go first. Oh, so I have a top two. Um, and I'm just gonna. Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna give you two. Colleagues, don't judge us if you listen to this. First of all, (laughs) they're having sex too. They can't judge. Right. Um, I'm gonna give you two words, and you pick 
one of the two words and it'll determine okay which story i tell okay okay all right um okay the two words all right are greyhound and taco bell oh Gee, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to pick Taco Bell. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, back when I was in undergrad, I did my undergraduate um, studies at Jackson State University. Shout out to J-A-H-U. J-A-H-U. The I Love, 1877. Hi, guys. Woo! I love my school. Um, and shout out to Dion, if you down there, babe. I'm trying to come, you know, be a water girl, get in on some sessions or whatever, because you know you're the new coach. Oh. Yes. Oh, you showed me. You don't forgive me. I'm, yes. I'm looking at you all yes. crazy. Like, I don't know what y'all talking about. He Did he go to school there? No. He didn't. No. Oh. That's why it's game changing. I love oh, wow. my school. I love my squad. Shout out to Jackson, Mississippi, Jackson State University. Um, yes. Anywho. So during my tenure at Jackson State, um, I'm from Georgia, so I moved down there. I really did not know anyone. Um, My freshman year, I was dating a guy from my high school. My sophomore year, we kind of ended, and I was talking to a guy on the football team. I will keep him nameless, um, but I worked at KFC on the corner of Lynch and Highway 80, okay. which for the people who are not from Jackson, Mississippi, like, it's the smack the dab middle 80? of the hood. Okay. Um, and then next door was a Taco Bell because, you know, technically, you know, usually you see those in conjunction. Yeah. Taco Bell and yeah. They, they, they booze. Um, I got the job at KFC. I was there every weekend, you know, hilarious antics. Um, and the football player, who also happened to be a criminal justice major, worked at Taco Bell. Um, long story short, we started talking. It was this whole, like, sort of story. Um, but the more I found out about him, the more I realized we were not compatible in any sense of the word outside of sex. So <laughs> he lives at home with his parents, which, I mean, I guess in college, that's understandable um born and raised in jackson mississippi um which is a whole nother phenomenon that i i will try not to go into but he was very very much hood like he had a hood nature about himself um he ratchet yeah a little ratchet okay yeah okay so he used to come to my house we my cousin and i rented this house on the south side of jackson which is the hood and he used to, like, we would get off work around the same time. He would get off a little later than me because Taco Bell stays open later. And um, he would come to the house, whatever, we'll, we'll do our thing, move on. So at some point, a switch flipped in my head. And it was like, Luana, you can't keep having sex with this guy that you know you're never going to be in a relationship with. Because it's just, it, y'all aren't, y'all have nothing okay. outside of the sex. It's not compatible. Right. So I lived my life like a movie. I felt like I had to do a wonderful send-off for him. Okay. Because the Did he know this send-off was coming? Absolutely not. Okay. No, 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 no. All you right. can't let him know. Oh, okay. You let him know, and All then right. it's no longer a send-off. It's uh, like a whole conversation. Oh. We're not we here want, to talk. We don't want that. Yeah, we're not here to talk. Um, so he and I, you know, we had, I think we had the sexcapade situation going off probably like two months, and I'm sex. It was everything. It was like, Jody type of stuff because you know he lived at home with his parents he didn't really have a lot going on he played football but he wasn't really into the academia part of school okay um but the dick 
It was just. <laughs> It was like, whoa. Okay. So I had planned this. I was like, I told him I had to work on Friday, but I didn't have to work. I spent all day getting ready for this. I lit thousands of candles, led them along a path, like from the front door back to the back bedroom, which was my bedroom. Picked out this. I'm assuming your roommate was not there. No. So she had her boyfriend lived in Hattiesburg, which is like an hour and a half away. Oh, she would go home every weekend to see him. Got it. So I knew I would have the house to myself. Um, Lit all these candles, made like a little walkway from the door to the back. Oh, wow. Um, You're doing a lot. Purchased a whole outfit. Okay. Because, you know, that's how I live my life. I'm all about the fashion. Had on my little, you know, lingerie and put on a trench coat over it. Got it. For some reason, in my head, the trench coat was gonna seal the deal with the heels. Right. Oh, you, yeah, child, you was doing a whole trench coat and the heels. Movie vibe and a song. Answer this door. He comes in and he's like, "Hi," because he used to drink lean. Like, what is in lean exactly? It's like Jolly Ranchers, Sprite, and cough syrup. That's it, as far as I know. I, I mean, you know. Hmm, two months. That's that's deep as my knowledge goes. But that's what I think he told me is in it. So yeah. Um he comes, he's like, Yeah, I just got off, but I've been like I could tell when he was on it because we had been talking for two months. Okay. Um, so I'm like, oh shit, he's high. Now I gotta work a little harder, but we're gonna get this done. Mm. Answered the door of my trench coat, he's unfazed. So already I'm like, all right, nigga, you see these candles. So do my little things, do my little walk, you know, leading back to the bedroom. Is this like a flirt? And I'm ready. This is a flirt, sort of? This is a send-off. This send is off. more than a flirt. Okay. This is a, you better come get this and make it make last Because this is it. <laughs> uh, but he didn't know, you know? So when I answered the door, I think it, it threw him off guard. Okay. Apart from the fact that he was a little faded. Right. It was out of the ordinary. He's right. like, what, what, what's going on with these candles? <laughs> what's going on with this trench coat? What is happening? What's, what's up? You know, so I lead him to the back and I take off the trench coat and I'm like, oh, because, you know, I was fine, fine. I'm fine now, but I was fine, fine then. So I trip, I take off the trench coat and I feel like... I feel I'm, like I need to see what color was it. What, the trench coat? No, not the trench coat. The lingerie. Oh, the lingerie was red. Red, okay. That's a popping color. You... Yeah. Come on. Listen here. So I take it off and I'm thinking, okay, this is this is it. This is gonna be he's gonna attack me, which he was about that action anyway. He knew when I answered that door and those candles were really going down. He just had to get himself together. Right. Um and I get back there and like I'm I take off the trench coat and I'm ready and he's like, Hold up, I gotta put on some music. There wasn't music? There wasn't any music. Can you believe that? Can you believe for me. I don't music. Know. Listen, it was a lot going on. Don't do that. Don't do me. Anyway. I thought of most things. You saw, uh, I, side note, I went to a holiday party. They didn't have no music. Like, houseway. Anywho, go ahead. So, he puts on the music. And, girl, the music that he puts on is boosty. Little boosty. He puts on some little boosty. And when I tell you he gave me my entire life to that boosty, <laughs> it was a mix of boosty. Wait, so what? The, when you say he gave you your entire life, you mean the put on you or what's he did? I mean, he put it on me oh, okay. to Boosie. And All right. So from here, from there on out, I identify Boosie with good sex. Wow. Like good sex and Boosie songs. Hmm. So people think I'm crazy. Okay. That's my sex story, though. That's your sex story? Okay. I'm thinking I need to hit you with something. You know, spectacular you know, or whatever. You hit me with what moved your spirit. That's what all. moved my spirit? 
damn it, I, I feel like I should have been thinking beforehand about stuff that moved my spirit, I suppose. You don't have this already in your head. Like, I should have. Oh, well, okay. This is a funny sex story. I'll say that. <laughs> so um, I, I'm dating this gentleman or whatever. And um, we have been dating for about two months or whatever, I think. We pretty much were official. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like dating has changed a lot. I, I back then, I guess I was more of a one one guy date at the time or whatever. Mm -hmm. So this, you know, we hit it off from our first date. We went to a jazz club in Detroit, um, and so we hit it off really. I, I was a little thicker than I am now. <laughs> thicker, thicker. I, my hair was cut short, and I used to put a lot of colors in my hair or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you know that that might have been my ratchet days. I, okay. I, I, I'm gonna pull there out one go. of these pictures so you can see what was happening then or whatever, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I had my natural cleavage. Now right. it's kind of like you know, yeah. you know. Anywho, I'm going off a tangent, but we got a hotel at this really nice hotel downtown Detroit. Wow. It, I mean, it was popping or whatever, flowers and you know, I went to Victoria's Secret, got the whole set. You know, Baby, was I, I went to Rainbow. It was a leopard. My red one came from Rainbow. It was a leopard set. Come yeah. on, leopard. Leopard, leopard set. But now what had happened was, at that time, I was not a drinker for, mm -hmm. at all. Not really at all. So I just remember we had bought some black Seagram's, oh, no, Seagram's black cherry, right? Okay. And mixed it with that damn Everfresh juice. Seagram's Let me tell I you, swear. okay? Everybody has a Seagram's Everybody has a Seagram's. I ain't fuck with Seagram's since then because that yeah. don't make no <laughs> sense. I don't really feel like I've ever been drunk. But if that was ever, if ever I was drunk, that would have been it. That was it. Literally, we are in the middle of like saying I love you. And next thing I know, <laughs> it's to hit it from the back. And that's all I remember. Next thing I know, I wake up. Right, he is looking at me pissed. So I must uh -oh, have been like, like, "What happened?" Into the bed <laughs> and just passed the fuck out. Like it must the the blood rush must, must have went straight that. to my head yeah. or whatever. And I just woke up. Like I don't, I cannot tell you what happened. Luckily, thank God I was safe. You know, I was with somebody that I trusted, I suppose. But he had to make it a point to put all his writings on my ass. Right, he was an omega. And so I had the Omega symbol on my butt, and it said Will was right. here. Like in permanent marks? It was probably a Sharpie, I'm sure. <laughs> and that shit said Will was here. here. Wow. Oh, okay, wow. I was okay. just like, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You didn't redeem yourself in the morning. No. No. I did yeah, not. I'm out. I was just like, I, I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah so but i will say in a, on another day we did redeem ourselves we'll say we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll say that, that i will i redeem myself maybe a week or so later okay where we were at the house of course we didn't spend no money there but that rochelle pharrell was playing uh nothing has ever felt Girl, quite okay. like this. Oh, okay, it's all 
about the music. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm talking about she wrote my nuts when we <laughs> No, it was she that Rochelle Pharrell playing in the back. Nothing has ever been. Meant- this is Rache versus Ratch. <laughs> you see what I mean? That's that when it hits you, you know it. You know you're not. Yeah, no. I was listening not. to some Boosie Distant Lava and rubbing nuts. With ice. Where, he, he had a distant lover uh, he had sample. He had a distant lover song. It's not a sample. No sample. Okay. No, it's called Distant Lover, but it don't sound like that. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no sample. All right. All right. Got it. Go listen to that, though. Got it. Because it might put you. It might put you on. I don't know. I mean, if you listen to it, Boosty funny. Yeah. Boosty is funny. And honestly, the music came secondary because. I mean, now I now it's attached to a wonderful memory. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, I'm not with this gentleman anymore, and I'm not one to, to be bitter or anything. But it, it definitely got put on me that day. I will yeah. say that was that was yeah. great. So every time I hear that song, the whole you gotta hold the note. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so certain songs are tied to certain that, memories, certain and song. I just you just can't let that it go. That is definitely one. And I had to let him go, you know, because I felt like. The, the dick was toxic. It was like we gonna have to start giving these people nicknames. I'm not Taco using no Bell. more real names. Oh, you said Taco Bell. I said the, the man name. Oh, Lord. you sure did. I, but at least you didn't give any last names. And and that's I think I might have mentioned name. it before. But oh, anywho, Lord. but who knows if that's who's who name? Allegedly. 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 I say- <laughs> yeah, but lying. I do. I do. I think certain songs are tied to certain experiences, and it can be a good thing or it can be a not so good thing. Another, you know, another song that's like really tied to a good sexual ex- encounter for me is that uh. I saw the sun, the sun. Oh, not as yet. The mountains and the river. I yes. saw heaven when it I made love to you. That, 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 that's the one. Girl, you're going to have there. me singing that. I'm going to go, I'm going to play that one. in the car. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to play that in the car. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. you know, that's that's something you do with the karaoke. You know man, what I'm saying? Nah. No? With your man. Well, man. I mean, in the car. You know, uh, like you driving, not at the You driving road. where? To your man? I, to the man or... Again, when you pulling up to the house, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes a song will come on that hits your spirit. Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk? That That song hits my spirit every single time. I'm having a karaoke session in the car. But I guess to end off on this episode, we're kind of, you know, this is a little mashup of things because we started off a little heavy there, you know, and I don't want it to end like that. So we want to end it on a light note, you know, that when sex is done right, when both people are aware there are no assumptions, it can be a beautiful thing. It can. It can be a beautiful thing. And I think that's what we all want. I, no one wants to um, feel like they've been taken advantage of, um, feel like there's a shoulda, coulda, woulda in yeah. situations. Because sure. we all got shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yep. And I have uh, several, <laughs> if I could do over or whatever. But um at the end of the day, as we go forward, we're trying to learn from the mistakes that we've made Correct. to make better decisions and to inform the next generation so they can avoid some of this, to break yeah. some generational curses. For Hallelujah. I'm really, I, re- I honestly, in all honesty to myself, as I look at my child, as he's getting ready to cross into adulthood, that is my biggest wish for him is to break generational curses, for yep. him to be in a healthy relationship that's based upon mutual trust, a partnership, um, somebody that he actually likes as a person. Agreed. And then, you know, going forward from there. 
I agree. I agree. So you guys get out there, do the work, have the meaningful conversations, ask yourself the meaningful questions and make no assumptions, please. Yeah. I mean, live life, right? But don't, again, make the decisions that are the best for you. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. If someone's feelings gets hurt, that's too bad because you have to do what's best for you. Period. 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 With the T. Until next time, guys. Until next this time. It's been great. It's us. But again, we want you to share your stories. Hey, if you want to share a sex story, you ain't got to use names. You can be anonymous. Yeah. Like I said, we're going to share uh, where you can reach us in the comments. And uh, we look forward to hearing your stories on the next episode of the ATL Watering Hole. Hey, we'll talk to you guys soon.